Welcome to We Call It Soccer, a podcast by two United fans. I'm Notch. I'm Colin. And I'm Caleb. This week, we renew our B-dubs wing recommendations, Fox Soccer North by Northwest, and Colin holds back on making references to a Serbian film. All right, I got a really important question for you guys. Pasties or meat pies? Ooh. Pasties. I grew up with bean pasties. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I grew up with the pasties as well. I also agree. Hey, look at that consensus on our podcast. Amazing. I, the one thing that I miss about Arizona, there's this, um, I think they have like two locations called Cornish Pasty. Greatest pasty bar ever. Okay. Just tons of British taps and the best, best pasties out there. That's awesome. This Potter's Basties, so the food truck in the Twin Cities. Potter's is fantastic. It's no oh. Cornish. I'm sorry. Like, that was a very wistful look in your eyes I when know. you said that. <laughs> uh, well, we should we should get down to business this week, and and actually we really don't need to because we because of the fact there's only been about four days between last Thursday's pod and today, there's barely anything to cover. Uh, this week so we could just screw around and talk about absolutely nothing for the next 20 minutes and then start with our first segment but uh, in the interest of uh, our, our listeners interest let's let's move on to our first segment which we call the major listing service in the major listing service we cover major league soccer so what's going on this week guys um as you mentioned not a whole lot um <laughs> atlanta united announced their broadcast deal um they signed up with fox sports south um, there's going to be 19 games that are going to be broadcast regionally uh, between Fox Sports South and Fox Sports Southeast. I was going to literally do it. I was about to make a joke like, what, this one for every like minor major direction? And then, yeah, you know. It, yeah, there yeah, actually there is. is. Yeah, yeah, there's Fox Sports North. There's also Fox Sports North in Minnesota and Fox Sports North in Wisconsin. Uh-huh. So like during the NBA season, if you watch Fox Sports North in Minnesota, you did Tim Rolls James, you did watch the Wisconsin, you did uh, watch James. Do they do the same thing with um, Brewers and Twins games? Uh, I think so, yeah. All right. It's really odd how yeah. they have different subsections of the Fox Sports North and Fox Sports South and Fox Sports is just taking over the world one region at a time. Yeah, so, so Atlanta United's got this deal with Fox Sports South and they've also got an agreement to produce a pre 30 minute pregame show, a post game show, as well as a weekly 30 minute studio show. And apparently it's not just going to be aired once a week. There's going to be repeats, uh, which is how you know you've made it is when you, when you get your show. They're syndicated already. <laughs> Dang. <laughs> Dang. 20 years from now, we just turn on lifetime and it's like 10 year old Atlanta United pregame show. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, the next piece of news that we got to bring you is that, Toronto FC have signed a guy named Victor Vasquez, who everywhere you read about him, it says, he came through La Masia, known as Barcelona's Academy. Oh, and he played for Barcelona C, Barcelona B, and then, you know. Didn't. And then Club Bruges and yeah. Cruz Azul. <laughs> not, not exactly <laughs> Barcelona to your teams, I don't think. Yet. Yeah, not, yet. Yes. I mean, yet. yeah. I, you can go on football manager and make them Barcelona-esque teams. <laughs> In about 30 to 40 years, but yeah. Hey, I mean, Ethan Horvath's on Bruges. 
So yeah, they're they're on their way. Yeah, yeah exactly. That's <laughs> gonna be great for their football manager. Say, you, th- you think if Vasquez's agent called him up and was like, "Hey, listen, man, you know that like ten-year plan we have to get you back to Barcelona? Well, step one, Toronto FC." <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, so we—I we'll, mean, it's a good signing for TFC. We'll see what he does. Houston and New York City FC had a preseason match where video assistant referee actually led to a red card. David Villa slapped AJ Dal Garza in the face and was shown a yellow. And then on the video review, they they gave him the red. So, I've seen a couple of press box tweets of the this play is under review, and it's just it's weird. It's jarring. So you're you're like the taking the Seb Blatter side where it's like it it interrupts the game, it it stops the flow, and women should wear short shirts and skirts and <laughs> um no. Kind of no, no. <laughs> I think there are multiple things that I think I would ask three questions no about Seth Platter, but I mean, I'm a, I'm actually a huge fan of incorporating replay, but it it is still weird. I I think it's pretty good that we have a way to for, for when there's like crazy stuff going on for someone to be like, stop. Okay, let's take a close look and not have four days of hot takes on Twitter about whether this one player getting sent off was the reason that our team didn't win the championship this year. If, if we get spared, like, this kind of stuff, if we don't have to go and re-edit Wikipedia entries of matches that we disagree <laughs> with because of this kind of stuff, I'm happy with this. Uh, yeah, but we're soccer fans. We're going to find something else to bitch about yeah, on Twitter. Yeah. I was, I was take just this gonna way. S- we're just going to do something else. Yeah, as someone that derives way too much personal pride and value out of people favoriting my tweets... I think we need more hot takes. Yeah. Well, that's why we're here with our hot take pancakes, which is a joke we haven't made in a while. You know, that's a, that's a, that's a classic to United fans reference, guys. Uh, and I think I think with this new with this new team that I've assembled for a week all at soccer, I think I think we're letting go of what started this this organization. I think I think with modern podcasting and all the big money coming in from Russia, we're forgetting the essence, the traditions of two United fans podcasting. Wait, since when was Russia giving the money? Like, oh shit! What? No. Uh, um, Wait. <laughs> next week's podcast. Not resigns and disgraces. Links to Vladimir Putin become clear. I, I was gonna say <laughs> next week's podcast. Not suddenly dies out of nowhere. <laughs> so that's why my gar- that's why. Why is all- my beer glowing, guys? <laughs> that's why the R's and my Darrow butts are all backwards. Then. Okay, I got it. <laughs> You know, you know that's pronounced yeah. By the way, the backwards R. Oh, really? Yeah. No, I didn't. I studied. I should uh, learn Russian. that since Russia's funding our podcast now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, our final final bit of MLS news is a Vancouver defender, Pamaru Ka, also Norwegian international, has retired at the age of thirty six. My favorite name of an MLS player up until his retirement song, and I like saying it fast, like Pamaru Ka, Pamaru Ka. And, and there was also a banner. I remember I used to play it for the Timbers. And my first ever game in Portland was watching, I think, the Timbers take on somebody else. I don't remember. But there was a, there was a banner the Timbers Army used to hang, which was basically William Shatner from Wrath of Khan going, <laughs> That is amazing. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty great. All right, with that, we should move on to a segment we call Loon Monitoring. In the Loon Monitoring segment, we put on our DNR badges, we get into a little boat, and we watch as birds make weird calls that scare the crap out of you at night. 
Nobody warned me about that, about going to cabins in Minnesota, by the way. Everyone says, it's peaceful. I did. Like, they didn't tell me at night that these screeching freaking howls of death that... Uh, uh, you get used to it. Yeah, you really do. Yeah, they're they're very peaceful now. Is, is that yeah. just because like you're murdering enough people that you're, you're, their screams have desensitized you? Yeah, basically. What I, we what we talked about before the podcast does not go on the podcast notch. Because <laughs> <laughs> we really don't have enough to cover this week. Murder <laughs> uh, jokes. <laughs> we've uh, we've w- w- got one piece of news about the MLS opener in Portland. We've got 153 Minnesota United supporters going on this trip. Incredible! I'm absolutely not at all jealous about this. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's gonna be so awesome, Notch. I'm really glad that you have that like early morning red eye right after the damn game, because that that way at least you get to feel a slight sliver of the pain and irritation I feel having helped put this trip together and not being able to go on it. Six fifty five in the morning, my flight leaves Saturday after the game. I don't know why I did that to myself, but I did. Some details about the trip that I'll quickly mention is that there are some uh, attempts to put together a night before party with the Timbers Army. There is going to be a pregame tailgate. Oh, oops, sorry, sorry, I used the no-no word. <laughs> we'll have to the that T word. Post. <laughs> the, the T word. There's going to be a pregame <clears throat> gathering at Yours Bar, which is, I believe, in downtown Portland, and then folks are going to walk over to the stadium. There is also going to be a Saturday morning futsal game with the Timbers Army. So if you're interested in that, uh, we'll be emailing everybody who's going on the trip with all the details. Super cool, though, that we've got 153 people, three times the size of the previous largest supporters trip in Minnesota soccer history. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm super excited for this. Like, aside from the fact that it's Portland and it's my first vacation in five years. My life's a vacation, Colin. My life isn't. <laughs> hey, you know what I, I'm super excited for? What are you super excited for, Not My exclusive Itasca Society coin. My commemorative coin. I think you're saying Scarfron. <laughs> Scarf, right? Like we always yeah. get with the Yeah. Oh, we're, we're all going to get a, a commemorative coin. It's going to be, I believe, God. the same casting that uh, they were proposing for Barack Obama's $1 trillion coin that was going to ease the debt ceiling problem in 2011. I think they just used those leftover uh, castings and then they just made these Itasca Society coins. So what you're telling me is that by having one of these coins, I'm suddenly going to be an opulent loon. Uh, we're also going to find that the loons played a closed-door friendly against the UW-Madison men's soccer team that knew we knew would happen because the, the Madison soccer team posted a review of it. Jamie Watson posted a video of Chris Ramirez taking a penalty. And then deleted, and deleted it. Yeah. <laughs> so like, we don't know what happened, but I'm going to guess that... Ramirez scored about 17 goals. There uh, were 30,000 in attendance. Hey, I know you're a Minnesota homer, but like that's not the way Madison characterized this match. But uh, We did win 3-1, three, three to one, though. Yes. It says that. Christian Ramirez had the best goals. How did we get scored on by a college team, guys? This team is going nowhere. It's all horrible. <laughs> it's all over. There's no point in watching any of this anymore. According Everyone to freak the, 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 the UW-Madison article... Third player knife through our defense with ease, and the there's in the top corner. Like, oh goddamn it! Oh, I don't. We're so dead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. If you're reading too much into this game, by the way, um, you need to take off the headphones. Go find yourself some Xanax and take it. Okay. Um, 
Caleb will wait till you do that. <laughs> There's also going to be two cl- preseason friendlies this week. We do know that Toronto FC will be broadcasting the Wednesday game on YouTube. We don't know about the second game. Let's just assume it's not going to happen and that we're not going to have any updates about it because A, secrecy, <clears throat> and B, why post things? It's against San Antonio, right? Yes. Yeah. Our old rival-ish. Yes. Okay. I will... Cool. Listeners, I will pay you five whole American dollars if you get the old Stinger costume from San Antonio and manage to wear it at this preseason game. That's actually the the cost of every single attachment coin is five dollars. <laughs> <laughs> uh, chocolate quality of the Minnesota United locker room improved as Minnesota United today signed Swiss Jerome Thiessen, who is hey, look at this, he's a fullback. That's amazing. Hey, speaking of coins and chocolate quality, yeah. Um, <laughs> so, so Tyson joins from FC Luzern. Um, he's been pretty much a regular in the Swiss league for the last eight, ten years. There are about um, two hundred and twenty-two games with two hundred and four starts, two goals. He's also a fullback, though. So. If Kevin Venegas can score a goal in his first game <laughs> as a fullback, yeah, I'm but pretty he's more sure. of a midfielder. How many red cards does Jerome Tyson have against the Portland Timbers, though? Okay, that's the real question here. Uh, fair point. <laughs> zero, yeah. In all seriousness, this is this is what we need. This guy can play both left back and right back. So the, if if we can put him in a right back right now, um, with this much experience, hopefully he he can make an immediate impact on our team. So I, I'm actually really happy about this. Yeah, this is exactly the signing that I was hoping for. I mean, I I didn't know this guy existed until about a week ago, but he's exactly yeah. what we need. <laughs> yep. And I think uh, Jeff Reuter pointed us on Twitter. He looks a little bit like Messi. Perfect. He there we so go. I mean, like I think that actually. adds like uh, $500,000 in his value, too. Yes. Uh, we, we finally saw the Minnesota United kits in person. No, we didn't. We saw a well, bunch of smoke, and then <laughs> <laughs> apparently there were kits behind it. <laughs> well, Sandstorm played in the background. I, I was going to say... I was in a rave or something. Did it, did it, did it. I didn't know I needed that back in my life, but I did. And I got to be honest, guys, I have actually seen these kits in person. They are oh, nice. beautiful. They are gorgeous, gorgeous kits. Um, I really like him. I will um, recommend that those of you who are not big fans right now, wait until you see them in person. You you might have your mind changed about it. Quick note about the music. They played Sandstorm. They should have played Epic Satch Die. From, that would have been I would have been all over that. They probably could have got him to play live. What's he doing now? Nothing? Probably. Actually, I did look into this just like three or four weeks ago when we were watching the YouTube video. He and his buddy in the band are still playing music. The lady who sang that song with them, this is by the way we're referring to, I think it's like Estonia's entry to the Eurovision in like 2011. Google Epic Statue. Yeah, please. It's beautiful. The girl, she's now pretty successful too. Good for them. So I just want to point out right now, we've made terrible jokes. We've, we've <laughs> talked about obscure Estonian singers. We've, this is what happens. This is what happens when we don't have enough content. Uh, so uh, there's been some uh, whining about 
some of the design on these kits on Twitter. I don't agree with it. I, I think it's pretty obvious why the, the blue on the sash is a different color as the blue on the crest. If you put them together, the blue on the crest just bleeds into the sash and we'd have to have those. I don't I don't really like the one the kits where they have the black background on the crest, yeah. you know, the training jerseys. Mm-hmm. I think that looks terrible. I think it's better when the crest just sits by itself. Yeah, same. Uh, before before we get on to our next segment, let's talk quickly about the most controversial topic in Minnesota soccer today, which is tailgating. Guys, the unthinkable has happened. The University of Minnesota, in its abject stupidity, has mandated, I tell you, nay, demanded, nay, legislated unfairly that they will not allow any tailgating. This, I say you, sirs, is an outrage. One that shall not stand. It shall not stand. It will not be. No, okay. You or else it won't stand in a parking lot in front of a grill with a beer. That's where. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm just saying. Like, you're in the middle of a city. Go to a bar. Yeah. Uh, Surly is maybe a half mile. Yeah. It's one light away. rail stop That's away. That's where I'm going to go for is games. like within stumbling distance. <laughs> B-dubs is within stumbling distance. You could trip on your way out of B-dubs and hit your head on TCF. Well, you stadium. could just eat some B-dubs and then the gas that you produce will like propel you to the stadium. It'll be adequate. So, I mean, I don't you, you, would be, uh, you would be B-dubs. shooting fire with with the wings I have. By the way, Ooh, um, humble brag. Yeah, what's what's your B-dub sauce? Uh, <laughs> I actually actually go for <laughs> buffalo dry rub. Really? Yeah, it's really good. Well, I, I I did the bone-in wings, so I don't do all the well, sauce yeah, with my hands. Does. Yeah, does. Like, you're, this is you're my eating favorite chicken episode nuggets. Of podcast and so I usually do that, and then if I do did sauce, it's spicy garlic or hot barbecue. Okay. Yeah. I I will say that if I'm feeling masochistic, I go blazing. Otherwise... You go blazing? Just throughout the day. Just, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. blazing because I want to enjoy my time here. Really? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> seriously. Guys. Guys. <laughs> I also like some jerk wings. Just, just saying. All right, Buffalo Wild Wings. If you're listening to this and you're not offended by my fart jokes, please sponsor us. Because apparently these guys are like huge fans. Uh, with that, we should move on to a segment we call the Pyramid Scheme. In the Pyramid Scheme, we discuss all the lower leagues of U.S. soccer and all the other soccer that's happening in this country. Yeah. So the biggest, I would say, news in the lower leagues: John Harks is out. As the head coach at FC Cincinnati. Um, the first time I saw this piece of news, I was like, okay, cool, whatever. And then I moved on with my life. And then Nippon, with his new website called Sock Takes, which you should check out, uh, produced a, a quick re- recap of what had exactly happened with John Hart. Which essentially, he was forced out by the GM. Because they, they had this fight where the GM was inserting himself into sporting decisions. Uh, like who to sign and things like that. And then John Harks wasn't happy with the marketing, so he was kind of off talking to sponsors on his own, doing his own thing. So they were both stepping on each other's turf. And then the GM didn't rehire John Harks' assistant coach as kind of a shot across the bow, telling him, you know, stay in your lane. But it turned out to be untenable. John Harks had to leave, so drama, 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 drama llama. Meh. Whatever. Okay. Um, he he sh- he had a s- successful year with FC Cincinnati. He should find a head coaching job somewhere in the pyramid. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Um, another quick bit of news that I actually forgot to write about. Um, New York Cosmos announced that Amari is coming in. Um, who, by the way, I just want to point out, was wearing an Adidas uh, t-shirt in a photo tweeted out by the New York Cosmos. 
which included uh, a on the same day that there was a training session where Gio Savarese was wearing Nike Cosmos sweatpants with an Under Armour Cosmos track jacket. Reverse those. It was a Nike track jacket, Under Armour sweatpants. I'm glad we got that right. Yeah. Okay. We are so obsessed with accuracy on this yes. podcast. I just but- want to also point out, by the way, Amaury last year's marquee signing for the Fort Lauderdale Strikers is now a marquee signing for the Cosmos. How the mighty have fallen. Cosmos also might be signing former loon Lance Lang. Uh, this is reported by this is, is Cosmos Country. Oh my um, God. They might be signing Lance Lang. It's not nothing's confirmed by the team or by Lance's agent or by him. Mm-hmm. But he was in New York. All right. With that, let's move on to a segment we call the Sewer. In the sewer, we discuss our U.S. men's Ninja Turtles, the women's Ninja Turtles, the... And uh, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yes, yeah, exactly. the Teenage Ones. Um, basically, the Teenage Ones, because it's the CONCACAF U-20 championship time, you guys. Oh, that gets my blood flowing every year. Every two years, man. Yeah, come on. It happens every two years. Let's go. Yeah, that's how much I know about this tournament, guys. So, hey, um... The is playing. Have some respect. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so Saturday, the U.S. Baby Nats lost one nil to ten man Panama. 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 <laughs> I'm glad we were on Panama. the same wavelength. <laughs> Tab so, Ramos out. Yeah, yeah. Seriously, like it, the internet was full of hot takes with just how terrible they looked. They were lifeless. Just nothing was moving forward, and then all of a sudden. Right before we went to air, um, Tuesday, they won 4-1 against Haiti and looked about 150,000 times better. Ramos in! Honestly, guys, I know very little about the the youth national teams. Can you tell me a little bit about uh, some exciting players who are coming through this U-20 team? We talked about Ababasi. Ababasi, Brooks Lennon, who is at Salt Lake. Mm-hmm. On loan from Liverpool, had a hat trick in the game against Haiti. Yep. Uh, um, Jonathan Lewis um, got picked. Congressman by... John Lewis? Not quite. I said Jonathan <laughs> Lewis. Okay. Um, got picked by uh, New York City FC. Um, he's probably been the player of the tournament so far for the yep. U.S. Um, is Ewell on this team? Uh, he is not. He was actually kind of a. I think he's eligible, but he was a surprise exclusion. exclusion. I don't think Akale is either. Akale. Mukwele Akale. Yeah. Um, there's a number of players, Akale, uh, Gideon Zalalem, Emerson Hindman, um, who are age eligible, but weren't released by their clubs um, okay, since okay. this tournament doesn't happen in a FIFA window. So Okay. Um, yeah. But yeah, so the U.S., um, they'll be facing St. Kitts and Nevis. The powerhouse. Which is the pub we're going to later, apparently. (laughs) Yeah, it seems like it. Um, They will need to have a better result than Haiti does against Panama to advance. Um, But they are likely to face Mexico and either El Salvador or um, possibly Costa Rica if they get their act together um, in the next round, which will decide whether or not they make it to the uh, U-20 World Cup. All right, guys, with that, let's uh, kill this segment and take a break. We'll be back with Caleb's Excellent Adventure, all the other great segments that we have about world soccer. (laughs) 
Welcome back, we call it soccer, where Caleb and I have been making plans to go off to uh, Colin's trivia night tomorrow and heckle him. Yeah, for being seriously. a terrible trivia host. Yeah, here's the best part. I'm going to recycle my playlist because there were only four teams last week. So I'm just like, eh, you guys probably didn't hear it anyways. You guys won't know. That's me. why they're coming back, though. They're coming back for that playlist. They, they came last week and they were like, we have to tell all our friends. This was the most bomb-ass trivia playlist. The worst part is that I, I had a section that was just like 1977 punk songs. It was awesome. <laughs> I was so excited about awesome. it. And you know where my mind so went when you said I had one section. I was like, "Oh, he went with Abba songs." That wasn't that far off. I don't think you were actually mm-hmm. very, very close. Oh. Um, <laughs> renowned Swedish punk group Abba. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, like, I was so excited for that section, and there were so few teams. Grading took like five seconds, so I didn't even get that far in the playlist. Oh, no. I was just like, no. So I'm just going to replay it. Before we did to Caleb's excellent adventure, we have to go to the corrections department, which has nothing to do with soccer. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Epic Sachdai isn't from Estonia. He's from Moldova. I, I apologize to all so, of the Moldovans that I uh, offended with uh, with that reference. I think they should be very proud of their Eurovision entries, including the one that goes electronic supersonic. Which you should also go and check out on YouTube. (laughs) All right, let's move on to a segment we call Caleb's Excellent Adventure. Excellent! Where Caleb takes you to a different place around the world and explains what soccer in that country looks like. Uh, This week we're going to the Serbian Super League. Um, This league is very interesting that it's been in different variations for since its inception in 1914 mm-hmm. uh, so when it started it was a serbian lead then it was the kingdom of yugoslavia lead then it was the yugoslav first lead and then the first lead of serbia and montenegro and now it is the serbian super lead and the backdrop to all of these league changes is the political turmoil and upheaval that's occurred in that region since World War One, you know. And of course, what happens with countries affects soccer leagues. And so that's why you've seen uh, the, I think, what was it? Serbia and Montenegro played a World Cup together uh, officially after their countries had actually separated. I think this was in World Cup 2006. And and this league also has some political issues. Yeah, and yeah, the political issues in that area definitely bleed into the soccer league, unfortunately. There's a lot of racism, a lot of nationalism in this league. The derbies are often violent. Well, I was just going to say, if you haven't watched it yet, um, there's a really interesting Viceland documentary that I think they also aired on ESPN um, all about just the derby day atmosphere between Mm -hmm. Red Star and Partizan. Um, Their grounds are about 800 meters apart, something like that. And yet it's as if you're fighting between two sides of a war zone. Yeah. Well, Red Star Belgrade is also the the team where it's rumored that Ultras, I forget if it was in the 80s or before that, but they broke into the locker room after a particularly bad result and broke the kneecaps of a few players uh, and and beat up others. So, So this is, I mean... This is a place where violence and soccer are intrinsically tied with conflict as well. Yeah. Ethnic conflict, specifically. Um, this past weekend, actually, there was an um, incident 
where a partisan player, Everton Luis, who is from Brazil, was a target of racist chants, songs, and banners. And, and we're not we're not talking about like someone holding up a banana here. We're, we're no, talking about was, like really ridiculously racist stuff. Yeah, and banana's bad enough. Like and but ninety minutes of just constant barrage of songs, yes. banners, and um, eventually the game was stopped at, and the referee ordered the the banner to be taken away by stewards. But the songs didn't stop, and they were kept on chanting at them. And they played. Uh, uh, the team was FK Rada, mm-hmm. and the VP of that team, after the game, in response to the the racist things, basically supported the, his fans, and told, basically told Everton Luis to go back to Brazil. It's pretty disgusting yeah. stuff. Yeah, I mean, it's it, it, hopefully you know, you you'd hope that this kind of thing was behind us, but it's. It keeps coming up over and over and over again in different parts of the world. Uh, Luis, to his credit, has said he will stay in Serbia and that's where he's made his home with his family and will continue to play for FK Partizan. Uh, There's a wonderful photo of the goalkeeper for Partizan kind of holding him and comforting him after the game, which is a great photo, but it it shows that kind of bond. It's a powerful photo. It's a powerful photo. Yeah, not a great photo, but with the circumstances, of course, but it's a powerful photo that shows that bond between teammates that hopefully yeah. this will eventually end in Serbia. The Serbian national team, um, most of the players come from the Serbian national leagues, but the best players are currently playing elsewhere. So you have like Nemanja Matic from Chelsea, uh, Filip Kostic from Hamburg, Dusan Tadic from Southampton, Marko Drujic from Liverpool, and and uh, FM 16 players will know this name, Andrija Zivkovic, currently at uh, Benfica. He just moved there from Partizan. He did get him for like 1.2 million from Partizan, super cheap, great player for FM16, which is great knowledge right now since FM17 is out. Well, thanks thanks for the update on Serbia, Caleb. I just want to point out one thing about, uh, you mentioned Viceland. There's a great Onion web series called Edge, which parodies Viceland, <laughs> and you have to go check it out. It's really short videos. Uh, they are so fantastic. Yeah. I love that series. So <laughs> it was much. one about an investigative journalist who installs himself as a murderous dictator of a Middle Eastern <laughs> nation and then exposes his own atrocities. <laughs> you gotta check it out. It's gotta check it out. It's hilarious. All right, with that, let's move on to coverage of England in a segment we call the pub. In the pub, we get into a plane, we fly over to the British Isles and go to our favorite watering holes. Which one are we going to this week, guys? We're actually going to the meat pie shop. It's <laughs> not a pub at all this week. <laughs> nope. Nope. Yeah, this is, not of course, uh, referring to Pygate, which is uh, referring to the magic of the cup. From it was FA Cup weekend, and one of the fixtures that occurred on Monday was Arsenal defeated Sutton United and Dream our killers. dreams. Yes, 2-0. <laughs> and as part of this, they uh, the, the reserve goalkeeper for Sutton United, who is a fairly overweight dude, he's... Uh, I- I don't know how this translates to pounds, but he's 20 stone, uh, 46 years old. He's 20 John Stones. Uh, That's probably accurate, yeah. Yeah. That's actually very accurate. (laughs) And, I mean, it's it's an adorable story, right? The last game Sutton played, people noticed that this guy was both their goalkeeping coach and their reserve goalkeeper. And he's overweight. He's kind of like this jolly-looking guy. He's got a good sense of humor about it all. So he started getting a lot of publicity. There were actually betting websites that put up odds for if he would eat a meat pie during the game. And the, the, the... what what ended up happening is during the game on the broadcast, you could see him eating a pie on this after all the three substitutes Sutton United had been used. 
What was less funny was that the next day, the Gambling Commission and the Football Association decided to start investigating him for <laughs> yeah. betting irregularities. There's a lot of argument about, was this just a guy going along with a joke? Or was this some guy colluding with betting companies to help people out who had made irregular bets? Like, you know, Notch, it seems like it's all of a sudden gotten really shiny in here. Where'd that spotlight come from? <laughs> I think I think that we need to put our tinfoil hats on here <laughs> because it's time for the Reynolds Wrap Corner. Um, we're going to dive hey, into wait this. wait a minute. We call it the Reynolds Wrap Up, don't you think? Oh, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, so, I, so I'm too busy. I'm too busy getting into like the Infowars zone when we're actually starting this segment. I don't even know what it's called anymore. Yeah, so we're so, gonna do a segment we call the Reynolds Wrap Up, where every week Colin takes a soccer conspiracy theory that you have in your head. Don't even deny it, and he makes sense of it for you. So it is very clearly obvious to me that Wayne Shaw was framed. There's no doubt in my mind that this was a frame-up job. So, Sutton United knew coming into this game that they were probably going to lose to Arsenal. Like, let's just face it. Um, So, they knew that after they lost, Wayne Shaw was going to be the only thing that they would be memorable for. Everything else would be going straight downhill. It seems as though, and I've I've spoken to a few sources on background on this, um, the team contacted their sponsor, Sunbet, which, by the way, yes, their sponsor is a betting website um, <laughs> to set up bets on some of the zany things that Shaw might end up doing during the game. Maybe he's going to show up in the pub during halftime, which, by the way, he totally did. As all of this was going on, Paul Doswell, the manager, apparently held an intervention with him to talk about some of his behavior. And he said, yeah, you know, I'm going to you know, get my act together, focus more on the team. It, he kind of fell off the wagon after two days. Um, so he goes to the pub, he eats the pie, and then in his post-match drugs test, it showed some impossibly elevated levels of cholesterol. Um, <laughs> it was three times what doctors <laughs> believe to be... A fatal amount. It it was so bad that it actually showed up. There was cholesterol found in his urine. That's how bad it was. Um, How? I don't know. No, ow. Oh. Yeah, not how, ow. Well, both. Both. But, um, so he announces his resignation to help benefit the club. But I think it's pretty obvious what happened here. Paul or Doswell set this up. Doswell, Courtney loved him. He didn't. He didn't. Someone's in Chatham Winch. He's not dead of a heroin overdose. Shot him through the face, right? Um, I mean, there's not a shotgun involved, but the meat pie was the shotgun. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like when he dies of a heart attack in four days, you're gonna totally think it oh. was a shotgun. Wayne Shaw, you're a magnificent bastard. I wish you best of luck. You're yeah. fantastic, and he was uh, awesome. We only have five goalkeepers on Minnesota United. You're welcome anytime to be our sixth. Yeah, <laughs> he will. He will forever be in a heart-shaped box in my chest. <laughs> all right, let's go back to the pub and keep continuing our coverage of the FA Cup. First of all, uh, Arsenal played okay in this game, but really only two goals against a team as low as Sutton United, who played out of their minds. Um, Arsenal. 
I actually thought about this quite a bit during the game. Um, it reminded me a lot of seeing Minnesota United go to Rio, where they were just constantly competing with weird bounces off the pitch. Mm-hmm. Um, it also didn't help. Sutton was a, a really physical team against them. Um, they played very well for their tactics. Yeah. Um, but, you know, two goals against them. I think it was probably more just not being used to playing on turf rather than sure. a pristine grass pitch. Um, that said, Theo Walcott did get his 100th goal for the club. It came, I believe, like one week within the 10-year anniversary of his first goal for the club. That's pretty amazing. I can't believe we've been talking about Theo Walcott for 10 years, but then any fans of the IT crowd know that we have. So there you go. <laughs> exactly. One of the things that we also saw in terms of physicality from lower leagues teams was Lincoln City defeating Burnley 1-0. Again, a very physical game, and not all on Lincoln City. Uh, Joey Barton was a tool bag uh, towards the Lincoln well, City players. Yeah, what else is new? Yeah, I, I Joey was Barton's just, always been a tool bag. Yeah, I mean, saying that Joey Barton did something stupid during a game is an evergreen comment. Right. <laughs> um, but I would actually shudder to say that Lincoln was that physical. It was just more that Joey Barton was falling all over the place well, without any sort of contact. In, in, lower league soccer in England is a little bit more physical. You mm-hmm. don't have yeah. that kind of Premier League mentality of you gotta you gotta play it. Um, I'm trying to find a way to put this that isn't negative towards players that aren't violent, but there there is just fit more physicality and more tackling, more bumping well, I think players. You can off say the in ball. the Premier League, there's more skill. Sure, so you don't have to. <laughs> go in full board and try to hit someone off the ball. They can yeah. dribble it around in the Premier League. So that's not a very uh, yeah good tactic to use in the Premier League. So so when, when a lower league team faces a Premier League side, you, you, having more physicality in the game is something the Premier League side doesn't encounter often. It is something they're more familiar with the lower leagues team. So it makes sense. Mm-hmm. In this game, you, you saw kind of that lower leagues attitude triumphing over Premier League opposition. That came through actually in the goal that was scored by Lincoln City, where essentially it was a set piece where... All the Lincoln City players kind of bunched up together right on the goal line, like as the corners being Except taken. Except for one. Yes. Uh, they, they all ran towards the goal, and the one guy who's off at the edge of the box gets the corner and then lobs it in, and one of the Lincoln City players then heads it into the goal. It was super... It's really what you see in kind of a, a Sunday league game. Yeah. And it worked out for them. Uh, it did. They, yeah, it totally worked. Yeah, and Burnley's out of the cup. Take that... Joey Barton, you're the worst. That was the best. Uh, the, the, during the game, he screwed with a guy named Matt Reed, this huge, like, factory worker-looking dude. Yeah, who, he, or dock worker. Yeah, he, he's, he's, he actually is he's a dock or worker? was. Yeah, a dock worker, something <laughs> that like that. That makes so much sense. Yeah, he's enormous. Dude, like, raises his hand. Joey Barton walks under it, doesn't hit it, and pretends like he's been, you know, shot in the face with a gun. And then later, there's a, a ball that's coming to Joy, Joy Barton. And then Matt Reed, the guy who we were talking about just now, runs up to him and basically like shoves him off the ball like physically. And Joey Barton just goes down in a heap. Uh, it's beautiful it was to watch great to see. those two videos together. Yeah. When, he, when he ran into Matt Reed's arm, he had previously, like, two seconds before, tried to stamp on Reed's foot twice yeah. and missed. It's pretty stupid. So, yeah, awful. The guy's like, a tool bag. Yeah, Joey yeah. Barton's terrible, and he's terrible at being terrible. Right. <laughs> Manchester United defeated Blackburn in the FA Cup as well. Blackburn scored first, but then Rashford equalizes. And, guys, I am going to make a confession. I don't 
or did not rate Zlatan Ibrahimovic. <laughs> and I was wrong. Yeah. Yeah, you were. <laughs> I thought Where he was Zlatan. good for his teams. I just never thought he was like God on earth. But God damn, he's dragging Manchester United single-handedly out of pretty, obscurity. Pretty much. Manchester United is pretty much doing whatever they can to just be mediocre and Zlatan's like no I'm on the team now yeah. and just pulling them up with him look at me look at me I'm the striker now <laughs> it's it's. I mean it, I, I will fully admit to being wrong and by the way Blackburn also fired Owen Coyle so Houston Dynamo fans you were right all along I want to say Cardiff uh, manager Neil Warnock has said that he wants a minute of booing at football stadiums when he dies. What a legend. That's awesome. (laughs) Uh, Let's move on with that to a segment we call They Don't Call It Soccer in brackets. Some do, though. And in this segment, we cover the rest of the world soccer that we haven't got to in our other segments so far. First thing to say is that Dani Alves is pretty mad about his Barcelona departure. He joined Juventus this past summer, of course. um, and, And he basically says that Previous managers would talk to the press about him leaving without actually talking to him about it. And he didn't feel respected towards the end there. And so he was very frank in criticizing Barcelona and kind of shitting on them. There's a quote from him in that talk where he said, those who run Barcelona today have no idea how to treat their players, which is pretty damning for it Barcelona. Is. It is. They're- I think they do have an idea how to treat their players' taxes, but... Ooh, 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 ooh. <laughs> Call him with a knife in the back. In other news, Caleb, you watched the first Liga MX game broadcast on Facebook Live. What was that like? It was, it was interesting to see. Uh, it's, it was Club America versus Guadalajara, Chivas. Um, or Chivas, Guadalajara. They're, uh, it was a local derby um, rivals. So pretty, a lot of tackling, a lot of... Uh, not, not tackling, but like heavy tackling. Very uh, physical. Not that great of a game to watch. No. Even with all that, uh, Guadalajara won 1-0 with a penalty. Uh, clear tough penalty. Uh, Merita had a man sent off the second half that wasn't really a red card, I didn't think. Uh, more interestingly, uh, La Volpe, the coach of Club America, who was on the hot seat, the announcers couldn't stop saying that, and he was on the hot seat, <laughs> um, was sent off by tackling a Guadalajara player while the Wait. ball... Well, he tackled the... like. In the sense we like, tipped the ball away from, basically. Not, like, he didn't like football. While the game was still going yeah. on. I mean, yeah, he, the Guadalajara player like, saved it from going out of bounds, took another touch, and then the ball was like, no. And just <laughs> <laughs> took it away from him. And the player like fell over very dramatically. If I, no. Was it like off the ground two-footed or? <laughs> it was just one, light, one foot out. Were his one dress touch. shoes stubbed? I did not see that, um, but also interestingly enough, level play has a lot of has a lot of uh, superstitions when he manages. He wears his lucky tie, and he never shakes the opposing manager's hand, except for before this game he did. Uh-oh. And announcers did not stop talking about it. Uh, this is the first game streamed on Facebook Live, and what I kind of I tried to keep track of the view counter up in the corner. Um, the highest that I saw was 31,000, which I think is fantastic. Yeah, it's really cool to, to see the, that uh, they're going to, again, be providing these games yeah. so easy to access. This is a lead that I'm trying to get into. Right. So if you want me to pick your favorite team, tweet at me at Olsen716. 
Totally. Player that I had forgotten existed, Lucas Podolski, has uh, broken the trend of going to China and signed with the Japanese club Vissel Kobe, with his, uh, where he'll be joining them this coming summer. Galatasaray will get 2.7 million euros and Podolski will get 15 million over three years. I love Lucas Podolski. I do like too. His, his time at Arsenal was so short and yet so social media danktastic. Well, that's he, the best way to put it. I love Poldi because he was a star. I mean, he was what Thomas Muller was at the 2014 World Cup. That was Podolski at 2006. And he exploded onto the scene and then it was a slow descent uh, after that for him. And, and he never really achieved the the highs that people thought he would. Um, he He just, he was a quiet star. He was somebody that you didn't realize would score 15, 20 goals a season in yeah. a top league. Hey, let's talk about the UEFA Champions League, speaking of top leagues, where we had a few different results. Yeah, Man City uh, beat Ace Monaco 5-3 in uh, the best game of the tournament so far, I think. I, th- I think the best I'd game of the so, year yeah. so far yeah. in, in a lot of people's it's, minds. Uh, absolutely fantastic. Just back and forth, back and forth. Falcao actually plays like a person who deserve that loan to Chelsea and Man United those years ago. <laughs> he he had two goals. He missed a penalty, but still, uh, Aguero played out of his mind. John Stones did, got absolutely embarrassed by Falcao and redeemed himself later. Yeah, he uh, was the one who scored the go-ahead goal. Yes. For City. Yeah, the game was just absolutely bonkers. I will say this. That Falcao penalty was probably the worst penalty I've ever seen. Mm. Simone Zazahiro this, this, this last summer. Come on. Honestly, I would have preferred Sazas. Falcao <laughs> got it on at least got it on target. He got it on target at like two miles an hour. Some say Zaza is still in this pre pre penalty run up though. So <laughs> I, th- I think Zaza wins this one. Bar Leverkusen lost four two to Atletico Madrid. Beautiful goals in this game, including one by Fernando Torres. We get players that we didn't Fernando remember Torres existed. And uh Saul. Of Atletico Madrid had fantastic goals. Uh, they were given a penalty, which wasn't a penalty. The fall happened outside the box, so unfortunate for Bayer Leverkusen there. Yeah. Um, Leverkusen had a nice goal of their own and own goal to add to their tally. Um, but Atletico Madrid with four away goals, I think they're going to probably make out of this tie. A bit of news this week. AC Milan goalkeeper Gianluigi Donnarumma turned 18 this weekend, which is worth noting because he already has 55 Serie A exp- uh, starts, dude. This is the insane. dude is really good. Yeah. He's really good. So if you want a really good goalkeeper in, as a child, name them Gianluigi. Yeah, Buffon. Gianluigi Donnarumma, Buffon. Yeah, exactly. It's <laughs> It's proven. There's no way this, that could backfire. No, exactly. No. Uh, but, but think about it. This kid turns into like, you know, a 40-year-old who's still playing. How many games he's going to have played by that point? It's insane. Yeah. Absolutely insane. Absolutely ridiculous. Uh, speaking of ridiculous things, um, Borussia Mönchengladbach. Mönchengladbach. Dipped Fedora. A German team. A German team. Um, <laughs> lost to uh, Rosenball Sport Leipzig. Um and yet, probably won everything, thanks to a banner that was flown um, on the stadium during the game, where basically, I think the translation is something like this. We condemn every stone that's thrown at RB Leipzig fans, 
except for the ones that don't hit their faces. Uh, yeah, see, I wasn't. Uh, I I did I didn't go for. That. I was just like, yeah, sour grapes. I mean, the fact that they lost the game and did that it kind of puts a dampen on things. Yeah, but. Uh, the salt against RB Leipzig in Germany, and we've talked about this multiple times on the podcast. Um, it's remarkable to see what people are continuing to yeah. do with it. Yeah, yeah. Let's end the show today on a bit of drama from the Brazilian league where they had a huge derby, Atletico PR versus uh, Cortiba. And it was being officially broadcast on YouTube because both of these teams had rejected a broadcast deal from the Brazilian Soccer Federation with a, a network called Globo. So, so both these teams were going to broadcast the game on YouTube, except the the ref wouldn't let the game start. And this was after 20,000 fans had flocked into the arena. Everything was ready to go. The refs just got an order from the Brazilian Soccer Federation president saying, don't let this game go on until the streaming is stopped. And the official reason was given that the broadcasters, quote-unquote, hadn't been accredited by the Brazilian Soccer Federation. So this is kind of this technicality where he's saying, well, we haven't approved the broadcasters, so you can't get the game going. But essentially, he's trying to help Globo get this game by preventing the teams from, from uh, streaming it. The teams held their ground. Essentially, all the players came out of the pitch after 40 minutes, just held hands and acknowledged the fans. Like, literally, they just held hands in a circle around the the uh, halfway line and just acknowledged the fans and said sorry and then the game was postponed it's absolutely ridiculous um one of those things that kind of points to some uh improper collusion between the federation and the network that does not benefit the supporters in any way of the clubs yeah so. all right with that let's uh, talk about where we are on twitter where are you guys at I'm at kolson716, tweet at me your leader MX club recommendations for me, and I'm also on 55.1. Yeah, he writes uh, the Tuesday News and Briefs on yes. 55.1. Where are you, Colin? Uh, you can find me at The Attachments. Um, you can certainly send any other tips about the death of Kurt Cobain at me. <laughs> okay. I am at TW United Fans, where this week I was making suggestions for how Minnesota United FC could have highlights with Werner Herzog narrations uh, <laughs> in, in the background. So you can go check those out on my feed. And you can find this podcast and find podcast providers everywhere, including iTunes, Google Play Podcast, Stitcher Radio, blah de blah blah Tell your friends to listen to this show. We really do appreciate getting new listeners. With that, thank you, everybody. Have a great rest of your week. We will see you next, uh, actually Tuesday, because we're going to record on Monday next week. Oh, Rafa Marquez, Marquez is in is in Mexico. I'm just gonna edit that okay. uh, out and and put it back later. I'm just gonna write down in my edit notes right now. I keep a little. No- By the way, I keep a little note of edit um, uh, things over here. Well, there goes all our Wayne's choices. Oh man, <laughs> I'm gonna leave that one in. Very good. Um, the listeners want to know. Listeners are very very concerned about my colon. <laughs>
I'm going to have to put that in after the credits, actually. <laughs> I'm going to have to put that in after the credits. That's going to happen. Uh, Colin's colon reference after the credits. All right, cool. Uh, fine, sounds good. 